coming up on this week's episode. Maybe it's a little selfish, but it's mostly because I have not stopped listening to this album for about four days straight. But we are going to be counting down the top 10 lyrics from Midnight's by Taylor Swift. Even if you're not a Swifty, even if you're not a big fan of Taylor Swift, I hope you'll still listen to this episode because there's going to be a lot of good conversation and insights. And who knows? Maybe you'll become a Swifty and join the good life. Enjoy. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to Alex's Fun Little Podcast. I'm so happy that you guys are loving this new format that we announced last week, which is basically every week is going to be a different kind of list, a different type of countdown. And today's is going to be the top 10 lyrics from Midnight's by Taylor Swift. Woo! Yeah. Michael, you're a Swifty. Yeah, I am. I'm excited for this. You're a big time Swifty. But admittedly, I have not listened to a single song on the new album, so I'm not going to be very good at... (laughs) I'm not going to be very good at contributing to this one. That's very fair. I feel like when it comes to any type of music, you run about like four to six weeks behind everyone else, but maybe this will get you excited to listen to the album because it's really good. I just want to wait till the kinks get out, you know? The kinks? What kinks? The album is out. They're not going to edit the songs. That's true. I guess it doesn't really apply. It's not like a restaurant opening night. You're like, oh, the service was bad. Like, let's let them work out the kinks for a few weeks. Like, the album is as is, and it is excellent. But we'll get to that in a minute. I also want to start incorporating kind of a a new mini segment into the podcast. I feel like we're really finding our flow, and everyone said this would happen. Like I said last week, everyone said, just start. Just start the podcast. You'll figure it out as you go. And that is happening, and it makes me even more excited to do the podcast to have these like little things that I I really look forward to doing. So if you follow me on Instagram, you know that all throughout uh, the pandemic, which we're still in, but you know, we're talking like 2020, 2021, I was doing something called the daily dance on my Instagram. I would pick a song, usually a throwback that I would dance to on my Instagram story first thing in the morning, also encouraging you to listen to it, to dance to it. And Start your day off right. I love, love, love music. I love dancing. And it always just felt like a really uplifting way to start the day as well as recall some really, really good old songs. However, I had surgery last December and I could no longer do the daily dance. I'm, to be honest, still have trouble doing it. I can dance, but um, in the mornings, I'm usually in more pain now. And so it's kind of hard to do that. But I miss giving you guys the songs of the day for the daily dance. So I thought we could do it here. It'll be like your little homework assignment. It will be to listen to this song or go dance to it. Hopefully you go dance to it, but every week we'll, we'll share a new one and that will be your assignment. So your daily dance song of the week is irresistible by Jessica Simpson. I've been driving around in my mom's car a lot and she has Sirius XM radio And I have been on the, it's like pop 2K or Y2K something station. And they're playing straight bops. Like that would, that would make me pay for serious XM radio, to be honest, because the songs that come on are so elite. And I was driving around last week and Irresistible by Jessica Simpson came on. I was not necessarily a Jessica Simpson girly. I was, I loved Britney. I loved Christina. Jessica Simpson Liked her music, but wasn't a crazy fan. I did love Newlyweds, and I was obsessed with Ashley Simpson and her TV show and her album. I wanted to be her so bad. That's probably still a part of me, to be honest. 
But when I heard Irresistible come on in the car, I forgot what an absolute banger that song is. And I definitely used to think the lyrics were, he's irresistible, lactose and personal. I thought we were getting personal with him, like he's lactose intolerant. Those are not the lyrics upon listening as an adult, which, which makes perfect sense. I guess I'm lactose and personal. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, that's your song of the week. Go listen to it. Enjoy it. Let me know how it went for you. It was great for me. It's no secret that I love fashion and I'm always looking for ways to feel and look my best. And I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Supernatural. Supernatural is a multi-brand lingerie, loungewear, and swimwear boutique with stores in Birmingham, what up, 48009, and Los Angeles, I'm not sure of your zip code. Everything they have emphasizes exceptional design and ethical, sustainable production. Supernatural approaches lingerie not as some kind of costume for sex or for anybody else or as purely utilitarian garments, but rather as a tool of self-expression to help you feel good about yourself and your body and add a little bit of everyday magic and luxury. Fine fabrics and sophisticated silhouettes as your first layer to any outfit can really set the tone for your entire day. They have loungewear that elevates your home routines in elegant silks and cottons and even swimwear in classic silhouettes with a twist actually made from ghost nuts that have been rescued from the ocean and repurposed into luxe bikinis and one pieces. They have a range of offerings from everyday basics to romantic styles to playful prints and bold colors, and even to more edgy bondage-inspired styles. There's something for everyone, and with sizes from extra extra small to 4XL. They're giving listeners actually an amazing discount, 20% off orders of full-priced items using code FUNLITTLETREAT online or in-store. Again, use code FUNLITTLETREAT for 20% off your order at SupernaturalLingerie.com or in-store. Dress to impress yourself. That, that one was from me, but it makes sense. Thank you, Supernatural. Okay, I, I know this countdown is going to take us a while today, so I feel like we should get into it. Also, I have just been absolutely foaming at the mouth to talk about this album. I've said like little bits here on Instagram, but... I like to listen to the album for a few days because the songs that were my favorite on the first listen are no longer my favorite. The songs that I thought were going to be the best, I think there's better ones now. And so this list is not a ranking of which songs were the best, but I wanted to make a list of the top 10 lyrics on the Midnight's album because there's been a lot of discussion going around in Taylor Swift world of... The lyrics are lacking on this album. They're not as deep and profound as Folklore and Evermore. But I just have to say, like, that's okay. Taylor Swift gave us a pop icon album. And if you think there are not lyrics in here that are profound and meaningful, I'm going to give them to you today. I was a Taylor Swift fan growing up. And then admittingly, I let misogyny reign over me and tell me that like liking Taylor Swift wasn't cool and disliking Taylor Swift was cool. So there was a period of time where I was like, no, I don't like Taylor Swift. I'm like, I'm going to own up to that. The Swifties that never faltered, I salute you. Like, Scouts Honor salute you because you guys really went through the trenches over the years of Taylor Swift being cringe and Taylor Swift being this. And I, I faltered. I fell. I stumbled. But now I'm back. What really brought me back was, like I said, I've always liked her music, even when I was, like, telling guys, like, oh, no, I don't like Taylor Swift. Like, I'll just sing about boys. Uh, I was still definitely listening to her music because it's always been good. But when she came out with reputation, that was the turning point for me of like, oh my God, 
the versatility of this woman is unbelievable. She can do it all and she can do no wrong musically. So Reputation is when I really came back and then obviously everything to follow when Folklore and Evermore came out. Those were the, I mean, soundtracks of quarantine, of the pandemic. I originally, when I was doing this podcast, I was like, I'm going to do the top 20 Taylor Swift lyrics of all time. But then I started fighting with myself about it. Like, and it got a little bit brutal. So I had to, I had to keep it to Midnight's. So without further ado, here are the top 10 lyrics from Midnight's. These are my personal opinion. Please do not come for me. I'm too fragile right now. Are you ready for it? Number 10. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me from Antihero. When I first listened to Antihero, I was like, oh my God, pop ballad. Like this is a poppy iconic song. I'm going to dance around in my room. And then as we were going, the lyrics just became more and more like a personal attack to me. And it was like with every lyric, like I was dancing, I was dancing. And then she gets in with like, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. I'm like, Taylor, I just started listening to this album, girl. Like, <laughs> got, got me figured out reading me like a book. But I liked her saying this apart from like my own feelings, because it seems like the rhetoric surrounding Taylor Swift is always she's the problem. She's the problem. Did she ever think that all these guys don't like her because she's the problem and she's annoying and it makes for a bad girlfriend? And she came straight out the gate and was like, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Everybody agrees. I'm like, honestly, good for you. It is very powerful to call out your own criticisms and own up to them. I thought that was beautiful. I didn't realize that she was someone people complained about as being a problem to begin with. That's oh, yeah. a narrative for her. Oh, that's a huge narrative. Like, you know, she always sings about all the all these guys she dated. But like, did she ever think that the problem was maybe her that they don't want to be with her? Yes. So what do you think she's saying is the problem? I think she's just saying like, I'm if I were to like reflect it onto myself, I believe she's saying it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me about the things in her life like negative self-talk, the things we tell ourselves, the self-sabotaging. Like if I don't. If all day long I spend Sunday on the couch not doing anything, even though I wanted to spend the day being productive, and then I'm anxious on Sunday night and crying, it's like, hi, it's me. I'm the, pro- I'm the problem. I caused my own problems here. And I think that's what she's trying to say. So I, I just had to put that one at number 10. Yes, it's not the most profound lyric, but I think it tracks for pretty much everyone. And I think everyone was like dancing and all of a sudden stopped and was scratching their head like, oh, okay. I guess I am the problem. Number nine, I'm going to try to get this right on the first try. The burgundy on my t-shirt when you splash your wine into me and how the blood rushed into my cheeks so scarlet it was maroon. That is a poem. I'm not quite sure what a haiku is, but that sounds like it to me. That is poetry. The burgundy on my t-shirt when you splash your wine into me and how the blood rushed into my cheeks so scarlet it was maroon. This is now a Central Michigan anthem because their colors are maroon and gold. Oh, yeah. I love that. If I am a student at Central Michigan University right now, I am making like an EDM remix to this and I'm blasting it at the next party on the weekend. So Scarlet, it was maroon. Just her ability to rhyme and put things together. No one can say she's not a genius, brilliant songwriter. So Central Michigan University, congratulations. You have a new anthem. 
the burgundy on my t-shirt we all wore them when you splashed your wine into me that's you at a frat party how the blood rushed into my cheeks because i was drunk at the frat party so scarlet was maroon fire up chips there you go (laughs) that was good thank you i mean it makes perfect sense if if kids at central michigan university if you're not taking this as an opportunity you've wasted your time and your education dollars and your tuition number eight You know there's many different ways that you can kill the one you love. The slowest way is never loving them enough. Let me say that again. You know there's many different ways that you can kill the one you love. The slowest way is never loving them enough. I thought this was so brilliant and so genius because most things are always so dramatized to how a relationship ends and how a lot of her relationships end. There's always a lot of speculation about it. But what she's saying is that what it essentially comes down to sometimes is you can really kill the one you love and your love together by not loving someone enough and not showing them enough love. And I actually felt like Taylor Swift sent me to couples therapy with that lyric. She saved me money and time. Thank you, Taylor. Because I think that's so true. It's like you can really slowly whittle someone down by not loving them enough by just doing the bare minimum by not putting in the extra effort this is not about this is not about you michael wow i was like (laughs) oh my god i'm staring into michael's soul right now no michael it's not about you but it's just the the idea of that i think it's an it's a nice reminder to always go above and beyond for your loved one because sometimes that that is the make it or break it Taylor Swift is out here saving marriages. Saving marriages. You're welcome, people. Think about that the next time you put some disrespect on our name. I don't know why I'm acting like the people that are listening to this don't like Taylor Swift because in reality, all the people listening to this probably came to it because it's about Taylor Swift. So I'm sorry. It's I'm naturally on the defense because I know the arguments because I used to make them to make boys like me. And so I'm just feeling ultra defensive. Number seven, did you hear my covert narcissism? I disguise as altruism, like some kind of congressman from Antihero. It's okay if you had to Google altruism because I did too. Michael, do you know what altruism, the definition? No. Well, good, because I'm going to tell you. Altruism, the belief in or practice of disinterested or selfless concern for the well-being of others. So I consider it being like, you know, someone that is so selfless and like, oh, but it's for the well-being of others, like in service. But what she's saying is her altruism is covert narcissism. Like it's really she's a narcissist that wants praise like for doing nice things. And then not only did she roast herself in a way and like was really honest about herself, then she roasted congressmen and like, Honestly, political queen. The way it was like, oh, yeah, like, wow. I, I Yeah, I, I can see that. I can kind of relate to that. And then she was like, like a congressman. <laughs> Girl, you, you better get your ass over to Washington because that was profound and perfect. My covert narcissism, I disguise as altruism. This album is therapy. Not just for us. Like, I feel like we normally get therapy for us. But in a way, it's like, I felt like listening to this album, I was like, God, Taylor has really come into her own as who she truly is and is being so upfront and honest about who she thinks she is or who she thought she was and has done work and is just living like such a true happy life. 
And that is an amazing assessment to make on someone I have never met and someone that doesn't know that I exist. Number six, did some bird flap its wings over in Asia? Did some force take you because I didn't pray? Bigger than the whole sky. There has been a lot of discussion around bigger than the whole sky being about loss, especially maybe loss of like a a baby, um, which I thought was kind of creepy for people to make the assumption like, oh, Taylor must have like lost a child. Like, don't assume that about anyone. Like if they haven't told you, it's because it's not your business or they don't want you to know whether it did happen or not. But what I saw is that someone said it was about losing a pet and that made me want to die. I saw on TikTok, someone was like, listen to Bigger Than the Whole Sky and think about your pet and I will forever be resigning from the internet after having seen that. If you haven't seen or heard the lyrics to Bigger Than the Whole Sky, I'm literally looking at Maple right now and I'm about to start crying. But it's like, it's definitely about loss. It's goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. You were bigger than the whole sky. You were more than just a short time. I, I, I can't process. I think it's one of the most heart-wrenching songs she has done and I'm so happy that so many people are listening to it and relating to it in a way that is personal for them and any kind of loss they've had in their life I think that's a beautiful song to give people something to listen to and relate to and feel to what a beautiful beautiful gift Taylor gave us on this album however I will not be able to listen to that song and look at my dog because I will throw up from emotion but to this lyric specifically, everyone's saying, like, did a bird flap its wings over in Asia? She's talking about, like, a stork. Is it about babies? I really think it's, like, the butterfly effect. Do you remember that movie, Michael? And it was, like, when a bird flaps their wings somewhere, it, like, causes a chain reaction. Wasn't that what butterfly effect was about? Yeah, something like that. Chain reaction. Chain reaction. Yeah. So, like, when she says, did a bird flap its wings over in Asia? Like, I, I think she's referring to, like, a butterfly effect kind of thing. And then the heart-wrenching line of, because I didn't pray enough. I mean, how many times in your life have you experienced loss or trauma or just something terrible and you are thinking to yourself, like, did I do enough? It's, it's very, very personal and beautiful. Okay, I, I do need to stop talking about this one and looking at Maple at the same time because I'll start crying on this podcast for the ton time. Okay, number five, we're getting to one of my absolute favorite lyrics. And we're going to get into some context here because it's actually my favorite like theory on the entire album. Number five, God rest my soul. I miss who I used to be slash you're a crisis of my faith from would have, could have, should have. Would have, could have, should have is from the 3 a.m. track. So it's kind of like a bonus track on midnight. And I think it is the best song she has written since all too well. All too well is number one. Would have, could have, should have is number two. I'm sorry. There are many, many reasons, and I will elaborate. I will. The song is apparently about John Mayer, and by apparently, it is certain because she says in the song, I never would have danced with the devil at 19. She dated John Mayer when she was 19. And we know that that ended in some kind of tumultuous way because she wrote Dear John. And then after she wrote Dear John, he said he called it cheap songwriting. Oh, John, I bet you wish you didn't say that now. I bet you wish you didn't say that now, John. If you're listening to this in your bunker, because you're absolutely in hiding. You are absolutely in hiding right now, Mr. Mayor. 
So she releases this song when she is 32, the same age John Mayer was when they dated when she was 19. And it's track 19 on the album. There's so many layers. There's so many layers. I'm sweating. So in the song, it's about John Mayer basically saying, I wish you would have left me kept wondering, as in, I wish I never would have gone there with you. And should it just would have, could have, should have, literally. So in the song, first she says, God rest my soul. I miss who I used to be. And when I heard that, it felt like somebody slapped me across the face and knocked me down to the ground. I miss who I used to be. And like in a way that it's like mourning that person, God rest my soul. I even feel that way lately. I miss the person I was last year in a way, like as things change and ebb and flow, I think that's very, very real that things happen to you and happen in your life that alter you at no choice of your own. It's like, I miss who I used to be. And I thought that was so honest and beautiful. But then, but then she describes John Mayer as you're a crisis of my faith. I don't think I've ever eloquently described a man that like has wronged me more than like, he's an asshole. He's a jerk. She called him a crisis of her faith. You know what a crisis is? When you call him like a crisis, that's a crisis of my faith. You have literally made me wobble in whatever I believe in just because I experienced you. That is some eloquent, dark shit. I repeat a crisis of my faith. I don't think we're understanding the impact of that lyric. I really, really don't. I think we're sliding over it. And I have never heard somebody just like bite so deep onto someone that has wronged them. Like, you're so bad. You are a crisis of my faith. I'm going to start using that. You know how after Sex in the City came out, everyone's like, I cursed the day you were born. No, 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 no. That's not good enough. <laughs> That's not mean enough. You're a crisis of my faith. Woo! I have chills. And also, in the song, she mentions uh, stained glass windows in my mind. I regret you all the time. Number one, John Mayer used to, and may still currently, I don't know, I didn't check, lived in a refurbished church in New York. What do churches have? Stained glass windows. Number two, they collabed on the song Half of My Heart together back in the day. Guess how that music video opens? With what visuals? Michael, do you want to guess what visuals? No idea. Stained glass windows in her mind. This woman's a sick, brilliant genius. And I, every man that made me question if I should like her or not, they were a crisis of my faith, my faith in Taylor Swift. I've got to say, what have, could have, should have is my absolute favorite song on the album. I think it is some of her most heart-wrenching lyrics, but like masked in this kind of like poppy yet very emotional beat and we're oh we're gonna get to that don't worry we all know i'm a big time beauty lover and i'm constantly trying out different products to see what works best i'm a big time gloss girly and for that i love lip gloss boss lip gloss boss makes uniquely mint infused glasses that are never sticky always hydrating and made to last the mint part is truly my favorite part because it's almost like chewing gum and wearing lip gloss but you just have to wear lip gloss They're perfect for long wear. Their magic wand glosses go on like a gloss and wear as a stain for long-lasting color and hydration. 
Balmy Gloss, my favorite, is the ultimate hybrid balm gloss combo. It locks in moisture while providing an ultra glossy finish. Swipe it on lips for cooling hydration, high impact shine, on eyelids for the perfect gloss lid look, and you can even put it on your cheekbones for a dewy highlight. We love a multitasker. Lip Gloss Boss creates the magic and you gloss it on. Side note, they also have these amazing trio packs. My favorite is the Magic Wand Gloss Trios. Great curated color packs. And especially great for gifting with the holiday season coming up on our heels. Get yours at lipglossboss.com and use code FUNLITTLEGLOSS for 20% off your order. And orders over $30 or more ship free. Again, use code FUNLITTLEGLOSS at lipglossboss.com for 20% off your order. Shop small, shop smart, and shop gloss. New tagline for the season. Love you, Lip Gloss Boss. Michael, why don't we break here while we get into the top four? Do you have a favorite, favorite Taylor Swift song? I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. I wouldn't say <laughs> I have fair. like a favorite. I just kind of listen to the album. Like when I'm in like a calm mood or a need to pass time. Like mm-hmm. I'm not as much of a music person as you. No, but it seems so, like that's your, this is your comfort music yeah. is Taylor Swift. I mean, yeah. So I listen to Taylor Swift a lot if we're like traveling. So we're on an yeah. airplane. I just yeah. put that on and listen to it for five hours on a plane. But I wouldn't listen to it in the car. Like I don't. I'm listening what to talk are you radio. Actually talking about literally when we get in the car, the complete Taylor Swift collection is the thing we have downloaded on our phones. So when we're on a road trip or something. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm, don't if be I'm, a denier. If I'm solo in a car, I'm saying I just don't listen to music. I don't know. A lot of times I go to use the Spotify and it's in use by you, and you hmm. are listening to the Taylor Swift complete collection. Well, I don't know what my favorite song is. I don't know. I think I know what it is. What? I know that you really, really like We Are Never Getting, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. I like that song. You like the we. we. I like, yeah. I like Shake It Off. Mm-hmm. I like the uh, song they use for sports events. What's that? God, the, of course. Are the, you ready for it? Are you, or no. Just ready for it? No. Look no, What no. You Made Me Do? Yeah. Look What You Made Me Do. Maybe that would be my Ooh, favorite one. Look What You Made Me Do. That yeah, one? Yeah. Or not? Are you ready for it? Mm, Both mm, those are good, mm. but look what made me do. God. I like them all. They're all good. Put ready for it in the in the list of songs that will make me fling myself off of a building. I mean, when that beat drops, one of my biggest regrets in life is not going to the rep stadium tour, but I'm prepared to drop a appropriate amount of money on Taylor Swift tickets. I'm just kidding. It's not going to be an appropriate amount. I just have to say that because Michael's here. Hey, can you turn your headphones off for a second, Michael? I honestly am ready to spend an ungodly amount of money on Taylor Swift tickets because I've never seen her in person and I know it's going to be a religious experience and a not a crisis of my faith. You can put them back on now. Okay, number four comes from the song Karma because Karma is my boyfriend. Karma is a god. Karma is the breeze in my hair on the weekend. I feel like I'm doing slam poetry. I kind of am. Karma's a relaxing thought, but for you, but for you, it's not. Sweet like honey, karma is a cat purring in my lap because it loves me, flexing like a goddamn acrobat. Me and karma vibe like that. Are you kidding me? That is, at first glance, you're like, oh, it's just poppy and funny and fun. But when you really think about it, she's like, you know what? Me and karma, we're tight. We're like this. And I know you can't see me, but my fingers are are twisted together. Karma's not just a thing she wishes for. Like, 
oh, like, I hope karma gets that person. Just like karma is a god. Karma is a relaxing thought, but for you, it's not. Like, for me, it is because me and karma are tight. When you think of karma, you're a bad person. So you think karma is coming for you. But karma's got me. That is incredible. I think what I'm enjoying most about this album is coming off of Folklore and Evermore, I fully, fully expected to be like emotionally destroyed and need therapy. But what I'm finding that I really like about it is that it seems like this is an album about healing and coming into your own. And that was such a surprise. Like the song is an, I hope karma gets you. I hope karma comes your way. It's like, no, karma is sweet to me like honey. And I just think that's so beautiful. And it, it, it came as such a surprise to me that that was the route she went. It seemed like there was so much growth there and just relatable to everyone. And I know people are disappointed by that. They're like, no, I wanted this like fall moodiness of folklore and evermore. But at some point you have to grow and like life goes through different stages. And Taylor Swift is really known for being able to cross over into different genres and music styles. And that's what we got from this album. And I actually feel like it's been no secret. I've said it a million times. I've kind of been a little bit down on the dumps lately, not feeling like myself. And this album came as such a sweet surprise to me of healing and moving forward and loving myself. And I loved feeling that way on Karma. Like I'm dancing around my room with my headphones, like absolute losing my mind to Karma. Me and Karma vibe like that. Like, yes, I'm I'm taking that straight to the dome. That's staying in my brain. Okay, we're at the top three. Uh, top three punched me in the gut and then stole my purse. And it's when my depression works the graveyard shift, all the people I've ghosted stand there in the room from Antihero. When my depression works the graveyard shift, all the people I've ghosted stand there in the room. I don't know if this needs further explanation. If you know, you know. It was like a punch to the gut. I mean, just this is so unbelievably relatable and heartbreaking and felt so personal. When you are really feeling down and out and not yourself and you are literally just trying to survive and then you start to think about like all the people you've kind of either let fall by the wayside or have forgotten or just have not had the strength to reach out to or contact or maintain relationships with, oof, that hits hard. That hits hard. I really want to get to to number two because there's been so much discourse around it. And I have thoughts, of course. Number two is, sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby and I'm a monster on the hill. Taylor, 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 Taylor. Only you could describe this so beautifully. First, I saw everyone being like, ew, it's so cringe that she's calling like, sexy and baby and like the same phrase it's not about babies being sexy obviously I should I should not have to preface with that it's that like sexiness and femininity is sometimes seems wrapped up in in youngness and like juvenileness I mean even sometimes I feel like when I'm out I'm like Again, oh, I'm a monster on a hill. Like, and all these people are, are little sexy babies. Like, there's no other way to put it. 
I'm sorry. There's no other way to put it. If you are like, I don't understand sexy baby. Congratulations. You have never been the monster on the hill. And I have been the monster on the hill. You can interpret monster on the hill any way you want. For me, it's a feeling of like, when everyone goes out and they're so sexy and youthful and I'm like limping into the bar, I'm not feeling myself. I feel like I'm like the monster on the hill with my mini skirt and my giant scar. And granted, I've come to accept those things more now and they make me me and I love those parts of me. But man, feeling that way, like you are just not the norm of what's sexy and youthful and almost adolescent in society like I mean come on like for models we pretty much throw them away after the age of 30 pop stars anyone Taylor Swift was on Jimmy Fallon last night and she was like I'm 32 I cannot believe I've been able to have this kind of success at 32 I'm like 32 that is so young I kind of want to make my uh Instagram bio monster on the hill (laughs) let's just establish sexy babies versus monsters on the hill and I would still identify with monster on the hill you can inter- everyone can interpret that in their own way to their personal experiences. But when you hear that lyric, it cuts. It cuts deep. I'd like to give an honorable mention a lyric from the song Maroon, which is a straight bop. She mentions your roommate's cheap ass screw top rose. And that is quite literally what I am drinking right now. And I think Taylor Swift called me broke and I welcome it. She called all of us broke in that lyric. Your roommate's cheap-ass screw-top rosé. I have to admit, I'm a screw-top buyer, and that's because I'm not very good at taking the corks out of things, and I like my wine to be easily accessible to moi, and so I buy the screw-top. I'm doing a screw. I'm drinking a beautiful screw-top rosé right now in celebration of this album. But she definitely called this broke, you guys. Um, she called this broke. Okay, we're at the number one lyric. If you've been listening to the album, I bet you know what it is. The number one lyric is, give me back my girlhood. It was mine first from what have, could have, should have. There are so many elements of this lyric that make it the indisputable number one for me. One is the way she says girlhood. It almost sounds like a whinier, girlier, desperate voice like she's longing for it she wants it back so so bad because it was taken from her by John Mayer and the it was mine first is also such like a juvenile young person thing to say like but it was mine first the fact that she put those two things together give me back my girlhood it was my it was mine first she could have said give me back my girlhood it was not yours That also would have rhymed, but it was so specific to say it was mine first, like going back to this inner child that feels like they lost something because someone took it. Oh, it was it's so beautiful. And I think there's many people out there that feel like they went through certain situations or traumas or relationships where all of a sudden after that, they could never be the same. And their girlhood or boyhood was taken from them. And from that moment on, they just were an adult or they lived differently or they saw the world differently. And I just thought that was so profound in the way she said it and the way she put the words together. It is soul crushing, heart wrenching and 
sadly relatable for so many people, including myself. Also, John Mayer. You might be in a text jam with Jake Gyllenhaal for like crisis management or something because I don't believe in bullying, especially online bullying, leaving comments and stuff. They're not going to see that, blah, blah, blah. But you called Taylor's song, Dear John, cheap songwriting. And then she came out with this. Would have, could have, should have, if you haven't listened to it yet. I cannot stop listening to it. It's like she says in the song, like the pain was heaven. I like the pain of this song. I like being in my room. I like being in the shower. I like being on a walk and just like, mm, like really feeling it good. It's therapeutic. It is therapy. In addition to my regular therapy, in addition to my physical therapy, I do every kind of therapy available to me and I'm proud of it. Whew, I'm sweating a little bit. AK, I'm, I'm sweating a lot. That was good. I learned a lot. I need to listen to this album. You really do, Michael. We're going to listen to it while we edit tonight because I can't stop listening to it. I, the lyrics just keep playing over and over and over in my head. Whatever she put in this album, it's perfect. And word on the street, Michael, you'll be happy about this. I don't know why I think you'll be happy about this. I'm just making assumptions about you now. But that Speak Now, Taylor's version, is coming next. I am happy about that. You are. See, I know you. I just need to know personally when she comes out with Speak Now, how is she going to handle better than Revenge? Because she doesn't sing that song anymore because she basically (laughs) slut shames in it and she doesn't sing it. So I'm dying to know what she's going to do with better than Revenge. I think it'll be creative and fun and very much here for the redemption and praise of Taylor Lautner when we hear Back to December, pretty much one of her only apology songs at the time. Uh, to a man, and that was Taylor Lautner, where she basically said, like, I'm sorry, I I shouldn't have broken up with you. And so very much here for us to celebrate Taylor Lautner, who is also married to someone named Taylor, whose name is now Taylor Lautner. And I'm still Team Jacob. Unrelated, but worth mentioning. Midnight's is a five-star album for me, and it's also time for a five-star review. Hype up! We got a review from Zoe, who said that she loves this podcast. So Actually, I think it's Zoe, Oe, 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 Oe. I just wanted to say it. Uh, she loves this podcast so much and said it always makes her laugh. She did say she had some feedback on the audio. She finds it to be a little bit quiet. Um, Zoe, Oe, Oe, Oe. I wanted to let you know that we did investigate this and we could not come up with anything on our end that would be making it quiet. So I just at least wanted to make sure since you have to go through you know, the inconvenience of turning up your volume and then turning it back down sometimes on your on your phone. That I say this hype up loud and clear. Zoe, oh, we, oh, we, oh. You are, oh, we, oh, we, oh, amazing. It doesn't start with an O. But the sentiment is still the same. I hope you are having the greatest day ever when you listen to it because you deserve absolutely nothing less. You said the podcast is a highlight of your week. Well, I am taking my highlighter and putting you in my journal as most iconic, most wonderful, most lovely people on this earth. You're probably the only person that listens to this Taylor Swift album and says, I'm not the problem because you could never be the problem. Okay. You are perfect and wonderful and incredible. And I'm so happy and honored that you listen to this podcast. Even if you have to turn it up and blast your eardrums to it, send me the medical bill, but also don't because I have my own medical bills, but I'm here for you. I love you. Thank you so much. I hope the message is loud and clear that you are perfection. Thank you, Zoe. Oh, 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 oh. And thank you all so much for listening. 
Go listen to Midnight's. I don't know why I'm promoting it. Like, I have stock in it. I truly do not. But I just think everybody needs to hear it and enjoy it and have the best time ever. We will see you again next week. Love ya. Bye. Bye.